grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. The text for our celebration tonight, as we observe the feast of the Annunciation of our Lord, the gospel reading we heard just a moment ago, especially these words. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it was just a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning between services, one of our young members came up and said, Pastor Poppy, do you believe in ghosts? Very simple question. Very honest question. One that in the 30 seconds in the hallway, it's a little bit difficult to answer as fully and completely as I wanted to. So, tonight, this sermon is for Rhett. Okay. We think we know a lot about angels, don't we? John Travolta's an angel. Michael Landon's an angel. Casper's a ghost. Much of what we think we know about angels or ghosts comes from TV, from Hollywood, from literature. And unfortunately, most of it is simple foolishness, nonsense, wishful thinking. God's word is clear. There is a spirit world, a spirit world that we cannot see or access. Yes, there are angels and demons. Another way to say it would be good and bad spirits. Holy and evil angels. They're real and they do exist. Angels are created spirit beings. We don't know exactly what day or when during the six days of creation God created the angels. But everything was created in those six days, including the angels. The angels were created holy and perfect. Their job was to worship God and to serve God and his creation, including us. That's what the angels were created for. We see in the book of Job that the angels, even at one time, participated in the heavenly council of God. But there was a rebellion in heaven. One of the angels, an angel by the name of Lucifer, or Satan, the one we call the devil, rebelled against God and his word and led many other angels away from God as well. These evil angels were kicked out of heaven. 
They were barred from the presence of God. They were cut off from God and their fate is sealed. These are what we would call demons or ghosts. In Genesis chapter 3, we see that Lucifer, Satan, the devil, did not wait long to go to work. Uninvited, he approached Eve. And he brought with him words of doubt, words of fear, half-truths, words of death. Eve was holy and sinless. And after this encounter with Satan, she was unholy. She had fallen from grace and was now corrupt with sin. This angel of death targets Eve, tempts Eve, and through Eve targets and tempts Adam. The fall is now complete. Sin has entered God's holy and perfect world. That which was holy is now unholy. That which was a place of peace is now a place of fear. That which was a place of life has now become a place of death. And that's where we live in a world of fear and unholiness and death. It may seem like a strange act of love, but in love, God kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. He did not want them to eat of the tree of life and spend eternity in their sin. Now that would be hell. And so God placed an angel at the entrance to the garden to guard the way so that Adam and Eve could not re-enter and even further harm themselves. God gave Adam and Eve a promise as he kicked them out of the garden. He said, one day, the seed of the woman, Eve, one day the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head once and for all, would crush Satan, Lucifer, the devil's head once and for all. Fast forward now a few thousand years. Throughout the pages of the Old Testament, we see lots of encounters with angels, both good and bad. The good angels most often are messengers, bringing a direct message from God to his people. In our text, we see the angel Gabriel. Only three angels that are named for us in Scripture. Lucifer, Michael, and here, Gabriel. 
Gabriel, which means God's strength, God's power. And we are about to see the strength and power of God at work through the mouth of the angel Gabriel. The mystery is about to be unfolded. The mystery is about to be set in motion even more clearly. Exactly how the seed of the woman would crush Satan's head. Our text from Luke chapter 1 is really a return to Genesis 3. Only it's not only a return. It's a complete reversal of everything that happens in Genesis 3. It is a complete fulfillment of the promises made in Genesis chapter 3. Gabriel, like Lucifer, comes to a woman. Only this time, Gabriel is invited. In fact, he is specifically sent by God to Mary. He brings words of love, not words of deception or seduction. He brings peace, not fear. His words are words of life, not words of death. Mary. Mary, in our text, was the woman chosen by God through whom the seed of the woman would be brought into this world. The seed of the woman, God, would dwell in her womb. She was chosen. Not because of anything special about her. She wasn't the church's biggest giver or most beautiful singer. She was chosen by grace through faith. Mary was a virgin. She had never known a man. Mary is the fulfillment of the virgin birth prophesied and promised in Isaiah chapter 7, words that we heard just a few moments ago. Mary, when hearing that she, a virgin, would be the mother of the Messiah, the Savior of the world, she had an honest question. How can this be, since I am a virgin? And now we get to the reason why we call tonight the Annunciation of our Lord. The angel Gabriel preaches. That's what angels, messengers do. They preach. Gabriel preached a sermon. It wasn't his own words. These were words that came directly from God. Gabriel makes an announcement, or if you would, an annunciation. He announces that the Holy Spirit would overshadow Mary so that the child born in her womb would be the very Son of God. The mystery began 
in Genesis 3 is now revealed, is now proclaimed. Mary becomes pregnant by the power of the Word of God. Luther loves to say that Mary became pregnant through her ear. What a marvelous picture for us to cling to tonight. It's a mystery that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the second person of the Trinity would take up residence in the womb of the Virgin Mary. My friends, Jesus, by the power of the Word of God, is conceived in Mary's womb. When it came time for God to save us, people, he didn't send an angel to do the job. He sent an angel to proclaim that the job would be done. But he sent his son, his only son, his flesh and blood son into this world. Throughout the book of Hebrews, we had that in our epistle reading for tonight. God emphasizes again and again and again that our Savior would be a flesh and blood Savior, not an angel. People at that time, Hebrews 1 and 2, people at that time had wild and crazy ideas about angels as well, just like today. They idolized them. They worshiped them. They thought maybe people would turn into them. God said no. That's not why angels are here. Angels worship God and serve us, his creation. God sends his son into the world. Jesus now would transform the cross, a tree of death, into a new and everlasting tree of life. Angels are primarily messengers. My friends, your pastors are no angels. But we are God's appointed messengers to bring and proclaim to you today that same life-giving and life-changing message of God's Word. Satan's M.O., his method of operation, is exactly the same today as it was in the Garden of Eden. Satan, the father of lies. Satan, the master of deception. Satan, who would lure and seduce you away from the sure and certain word of God. Satan, who promises life but can only deliver death. Jesus, and Jesus alone, is the real deal. Jesus, and Jesus alone, is your Savior from sin, death, and the devil. Through his perfect life, obedient death, and glorious resurrection, he crushes the serpent, the devil, the evil angel's head once and for all. Forgiveness of sins is one for the entire world. For every time 
that we have thought God could have come up with a better plan to save mankind for all the times when we have foolishly worshipped the creation, including angels, rather than the one and only Savior from sin. For all the times when we have refused to hear the Word of God or been lured away by the voice, the false voice, the lies of the devil and the way he works through the world and our own sinful flesh. For all of our sin, Christ Jesus has bled and died and risen victorious from the grave. Your sins are forgiven. Your fear is driven away. You are at peace. You have life. Real life. The forgiveness that only Christ can bring. My friends, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 says it this way. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand up against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Pastor Poppy, do you believe in ghosts? Yes, I do. But I'm not afraid. Christ Jesus is victorious over every force of evil, Christ Jesus is victorious even over death and the grave. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our faith, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Having heard the word of God, we are bold to confess our faith.